too scared. My brain won't work. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Uncanny Cinema. All right. We are digging into uh, a movie from 1992 called Evil Tunes. This is one of those movies that uh, I, and I'm assuming others, used to see on uh, like the racks at uh, like video stores. You just see the box art and you're like, huh, I wonder, I wonder what that thing's all about. Um, and, you know, you never watched it. And then, you know, years later, you're running a podcast and you're going, oh, let's watch Evil Tunes. Let's see what the deal is with that. Um, so there have been a few like that we've done on the show over the years uh, where they're just things that I've been vaguely aware of and just kind of always uh, wondered about it or just seen the poster. So that's what brought us to Evil Tunes. It is written and directed by Fred Olin Ray. Um, he's an American film producer, director, and screenwriter of more than 200 low to medium budget feature films. And uh, some of the select films that he has directed, uh, there are many more um, that are credited to him. But I just pulled out the ones with the most fun titles. So here you go. Here's what you are in for with Fred Olin Ray and give you a sense of what you're in for with Evil Tunes. He directed Scream Queen Hot Tub Party, Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers, Scalps, Attack of the 60-Foot Centerfold, Mom's Out of Sight, which is an invisibility movie, 13 Erotic Ghosts, Bikini Chain Gang, Bikini Frankenstein, Abner the Invisible Dog, like this is really starting to sound like a list of Troy McClure movies, Girl with the Sex Ray Eyes, Reptosaurus, <laughs> Bikini Jones, and the Temple of Eros. And then in the last number of years, he's been making a bunch of Hallmark-esque Christmas movies. I don't even know if they're the ones that go on the Hallmark channel. Because when I was roughly searching, it looked like it was some other weird channel. So he might be making ripoffs of shitty Hallmark movies. So even shittier Hallmark Christmas movies. Um, so that is... I'll be home for a bikini Christmas party. <laughs> no, it was like Christmas Prince... And Christmas Prince uh, goes to summer camp or something. Uh, all right. So uh, so that is Fred Olin Ray. Um, and uh, not a whole lot of background information on uh, evil tunes. We will get into the plot uh, extensively, I'm sure. But not really anything uh, to dig into on that. Um, but this movie does have uh, David Carradine uh, in a role. Um <laughs> And it also has Dick Miller, uh, who is probably most famous as Mr. Futterman in the Gremlins films. Um, but he was uh, a famous character actor, was in many Roger Corman movies going back to the 60s. And then Joe Dante, because of his enjoyment of Roger Corman stuff, brought Dick Miller into his movies. So basically, anytime Joe Dante made a movie, you would find Dick Miller in it. He died a few years ago, but he you know, had a lengthy, lengthy career. So he unfortunately shows up in this. Um, and then Artie Johnson uh, is in this, who is some character actor from something. What was he? Oh, he's Laughing. A guy from Laughing. Um, so those are some of the uh, B and C tier celebrities we're dealing with in this. And then we have uh, numerous women from pornography uh, featured in this film as well. Um, all right, so uh, yeah, we'll get into all of this for Evil Tunes. I'll introduce our cast here. So we've got uh, a cast of, uh, of horror fans and uh, cult film fans, bad movie fans. Um, so we've got David returning once again to check out Evil Tunes with us. I don't know. Yes. Thank you, David. Uh, we have also brought back Jason to experience evil tunes. Welcome, Jason. Hey yeah, it was uh, it was something. Thanks for bringing me. Did you watch this with your family? Uh, you often do. <laughs> yes. I thought about uh, that knew, like yesterday. <laughs> I, I knew something about it. I knew enough to not okay. watch it with my soon-to-be 17-year-old. That would have been, you know, it, awkward. <laughs> All right. It'd been fun for the podcast, yeah. but you know, not for my life. Yeah. Good call. 
Thanks. And uh, we've also brought back uh, Ryan here, uh, who I believe is the only member of the podcast to have seen Evil Tunes in the past. Yes. I'm the fan of bad movies. <laughs> this movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, like I said, not a whole lot to share uh, in the production of this. I mean, there's not stuff that's really put out there. There's a little, there's a little bit I can touch upon, but uh, yeah, we'll just dig right into it. What do we make of Evil Tunes? I think it was summed up uh, pretty well already. That fucking sucked. <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> and I, I, I really had hoped that it'd be so bad, it'd be wonderful. Right. And there was like, there were some moments that were, you know, comical or whatever. But it was, it was terrible. <laughs> it was straight terrible. Um, yeah. How was the second viewing of it, by the way? It's still bad. Or was this the third or fourth or fifth viewing? Second. Okay, because with you, I felt like it could it could have gone either way. Well, I've I've seen certain parts uh, multiple times. <laughs> we'll, we'll touch more on that later. Literally. <laughs> Breasts. Well, uh, I will say that uh, only knowing a little bit and not knowing quite, quite what to expect, the David Carradine, I got really excited. I was like, oh, yeah, David Carradine's in this. And he, I don't know, did he just show up for like, because he owed somebody money or did somebody know where the bodies were buried? Because well, that was. Well, yeah, getting, getting, they ex- offered him 100 bucks. getting excited to see David Carradine, though, that's, that's a man who knows David Carradine from Kill Bill, but not from other things, because, <laughs> because until Tarantino pulled him out of his, you know, straight-to-video obscurity, I think, like, between Kung Fu and Kill Bill, it was pretty rough sailing <laughs> from my memory. May- there might be some gems in there, I don't know, but... Well, uh, he added nothing like he his acting was abysmal and even his like cape tosses like the his <laughs> hiding behind it's all i did was like hide behind a tree and then like dramatically with flair throw his cape up and like well, he didn't even it wasn't even trying to disappear he just like threw it up and would walk away it was <laughs> so bizarre um it was terrible i don't even i'm just gonna keep repeating that it was terrible it was bad david you know, y'all are being awfully uh, nice, <laughs> harsh on this. Nah, it this was this was a choice that was made by people. <laughs> uh, it was fun in what it was. Like as soon as I realized, like I, I too was like, "Oh, cool, David Carradine." Let Let's see how this goes. And then when uh, Dick Miller shows up, I'm like, "Hell yeah!" Because I've Super seen exciting. several movies with him. Uh, that I've enjoyed. One of which is inside of this movie. Yes. And then... Uh, <laughs> and then people start talking. The The acting's not good. And, yeah, it, it's not a good movie. It, it, the movie was made for uh, very obvious reasons. It's very much of the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, boobs as an... Uh, any excuse movie. There were boobs in this? <laughs> Ryan, your take? Ah, uh, Jesus. Ah, uh, yeah, I was excited too. Like, David Carradine, and then it went and predicted the future. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, that hurts. Good, I didn't do good it. Good opening line. Yes, uh, I'm just going to address that right now. Um, so, uh, r- like, within the first two or three minutes of the movie, David Carradine's on screen. And he's, like, talking to an evil book, like a a really shitty Necronomicon. It's got a face on it. Um, And then he just brings out a noose. And and I just spoke to the screen. I was like, oh, dear. Like, he just started to put the noose around his neck. Uh, And, yes, for those of you who don't know, David Carradine died from uh, strangulation or, or, or asphyxiation. Um, which it's supposed to the be full term auto, is, auto yeah. not just asphyxiation from a noose because it was ruled not a suicide. And I did, I went and double checked this because like, well, was that just a story that was told at the time? And it's like, 
No, they cleared it of suicide. There was definite sexual aspects that I won't go into, but it was autoerotic asphyxiation is how he died uh, while he was filming a movie. Like, not, they weren't shooting him at the time, but it was like he was, uh, he was there, uh, you know, filming a role, and it was like in his uh, hotel room or something. So we witnessed him putting a noose around his neck, and I was like, oh, that's, that's pretty rough. You know, between him and uh, um, Michael Hutchins of uh, NXS, autoerotic asphyxiation has really taken a lot of talent from the world. But think of how much it's given us in return, David. <laughs> yeah, the the uh, hanging was, I thought, like an odd choice of escaping uh, or trying to, like, be done with the book because he he i guess supposedly hangs himself so that no one will ever find the book you know it's like it'll be lost forever but he did it in like this house in the middle of this like neighborhood you know in a busy section of town or whatever it was like <laughs> well as terrible choices right off the bat a little part of me when it opened up and showed him in his costume and the way he was talking i was like so is is this a bad is, is this a mockbuster of warlock sure and and no thankfully but whew. that necronomicon's not horrible i've seen it's, worse it's not that the prop you mean in temperament or yeah I, it's not it's that the prop pencil. looked terrible necessarily it looked fa- passable and fine for this kind of thing but it like or just had this dumb fucking voice that they gave it where it was like, I'm <laughs> evil. You can't get away from I can't even remember how that like it was nice just Yeah. It was just really bad. And <sighs> so what basically David Carradine was like a guy who went to another country and like bought this uh sketchy demonic porn book. And it was like, Yeah, it's pretty nice. <laughs> then he brought it back to America and got in quote unquote mischief. Uh, and then had to kill himself as a result. The end. Yeah, but he didn't even he didn't he didn't even do it right. He did he should have gone out to the cabin in the woods, right, or some other evil deadish way. And he didn't. He just did it in some, you know, some place that everybody was going to find it. Well, see, this movie's an original, Jason. This movie wants to I'm set just, itself apart. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It didn't matter because the book disappeared. Did it? Yeah, once he hanged himself, it disappeared. I thought I thought it the face just disappeared off of it. I thought the book was still there. No, the book disappears and he delivers the book later. So like well, the book that... wasn't gonna be found. Uh okay. I think I was just I missed it because I was crying so hard about David Carradine and the the hanging situation. Delivery. All right, so the plot, such that it is, we have David Carradine uh, trying to get rid of this evil book, this Necronomicon knockoff, um, and then it ends up in this house. Dick Miller is hiring, basically, the bikini car wash girls to come in and clean up his house for the weekend, um, and we get a lot of lascivious looks from dick miller checking out uh these uh penthouse pets some of them legitimately were penthouse pets um and so they're supposed to like clean up this house in the for the weekend because i I don't know is he he's hiring them to do this he's selling it okay and uh yeah so i mean they're they're all like scantily dressed throughout the entirety of the movie um and then one of them comes across or they all come across the book um and they don't know what it is and then they unleash a demon i guess uh the movie is called evil tunes um there is one tune uh much like the film elves uh the great christmas horror film elves that i love the very terrible film elves where there's only one evil elf in that movie um so this is called uh evil tunes but there is one tune and I read that it's only on screen for like 90 seconds total, which is legit. Um, but it's all over the box art. 
and it's presented as like a 2d cartoon so it's it's like it's like who framed roger rabbit obviously much 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 worse but that kind of idea of like a cartoon interacting with humans and this movie came out in 91 when roger rabbit came out in 88 or 92 roger rabbit came out in 88 so i'm sure that's part of the idea of why they made this of oh we can be like the sexy roger rabbit movie like uh like cool world was was trying for um but yeah so then it uh there's no other tunes i don't really understand why it's a tune because within the context of the film it's just like a demon right did i miss something no but thematically and we don't know how hell looks it's another plane of existence there doesn't uh there's no reason that that this uh that it should be a um a physical in the world demon uh costume in this no demons in this uh in the universe of this movie demons appear as cartoons which only goes to show the underlying message of this movie is really a religious one that all cartoons are evil um they're the devil's cartoons and they distract children from a pious life and they will kill you it's essentially a uh tasmanian devil looking cartoon character that is a, a demon and yes it comes to life and uh has a big old tongue which obviously gets like 17 comments by the uh penthouse pets um and then eventually like kills and takes over the body of one of them and then for the rest of the movie we don't have any evil tunes it's just gone so the movie promises evil tunes so you see the the box art and you and this is what i would have seen you think like oh there's gonna be like little monster things it'll be like gremlins or it'll be like any of those kind of movies but they're just cartoon characters that are terrorizing um you know ghoulies any of that kind of stuff and that's sort of what it starts like and then they just drop the tune thing all together and it's just uh, a woman who's possessed with really bad halloween city things mm-hmm. and um that's really about it right yeah that's just ran around biting people <clears throat> terrifying i i liked the teeth she bit dick miller in the miller <laughs> <laughs> mr futterman does lose his dick yes that tune still went down on him for like two seconds. <laughs> Just saying that tune is progressive. <laughs> Look, we don't know the sexual mores of hell, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Have such sights to show you. <laughs> really, this is a cross between uh, Hellraiser and Evil Dead. Taking the best bits of both. And making them horrible? Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, okay. So they spent all their money on the 90 seconds of the cartoon and the and Dick Miller and um, David Carradine. That's it. That's where all the money went. That's why when they got 90 seconds. Was Bucket of Blood public domain at this time? Yeah, I think a Bucket of Blood might have always been public domain. It might have been a oh. thing where they, like, fucked up the... Uh, copyright similar to Night of Living Dead or something. Love that movie. Yes, that's a much better film than this one. <laughs> I know. I was getting into, into it when he's watching. He's like, "Oh, don't cut off now." What, what about the cat? Oh, oh, he killed the cat and then encased oh. it in uh, clay. For those following then... along at home, David is talking about bucket of blood, which is shown <laughs> within this film. Dick Miller watches himself on a tv screen uh and there's a joke about that guy should win an oscar or some shit um but that's what david is describing so if any of this sounds vaguely interesting to you don't worry it's not the plot of this film (laughs) (laughs) for real though go watch bucket of blood it's a good movie There, there were two legitimately funny parts that was one of them the 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 oscar the academy award comment that i got a hearty chuckle and the other one being um 
because the effects were so terrible was when the uh, the main villain chick gets stabbed and you can see she's holding it in between her like in her armpit like it's <laughs> like the like what you do as a little kid to fake being stabbed I mean it was just so blatantly terrible that it was hysterical and that was about it that's what I got out of the <laughs> hour and a half of watching this uh, production wise uh, so yeah so the film was shot in eight days uh, due to the low budget of the film, combined with the high cost of animation, the animated demon is only on screen for approximately 90 seconds. And then uh, also, I pulled this somewhere, Fred Olin Ray says that mainstream Hollywood executives would not finance the film, citing risk due to the premise. He was quoted as saying, quote, even Roger Corman turned us down, and he said it was too risky, so we did it ourselves. So, yeah, when Roger Corman thinks your low-budget movie is both too risky and too trashy, like, maybe, maybe rethink. I mean, because you're only, the only place you can go there then is Lloyd Kaufman. That's the only rung lower. <laughs> I will admit, like, that, that aspect kind of reminds me of uh, Veronica mm. by um, Danzig. Glenn Danzig. In which uh, he very much bragged about how no one wanted to finance it without changing it. And he wanted to make the movie he wanted to make. And he would fire anyone who said no. So he made the movie he wanted to make. And much like this one, he actually uh, also hired a lot of adult film actresses. Um, yeah, a lot of uh, adult film actors to uh, be in it for reasons. Actually, I think for Danzig, it was just that they were his friends. And this movie is not as bad as that. <laughs> Impressive. I mean, does he like at least do music? Because you would figure at least the soundtrack might be worth a damn. Oh, I have the soundtrack on vinyl. Love the soundtrack. The movie's so bad. But the soundtrack, if the soundtrack is by one of the Misfits, like, that has to elevate that movie above this. Has to. <gasps> no. Turns out. <laughs> but you enjoyed that. There's nothing to enjoy here. Unless you're just, like, the tits and ass. But, like, okay. So? This this one's real bad. This is a true story. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. It does open it telling does, us that. It does start with a crawl being like... David Carradine really killed himself. <laughs> oh, boo. Boo. Actually, on that note, this was uh, from IMDb Trivia, um, which... Uh, usually IMDb Trivia is like... There's some interesting stuff in there. There's some like humdrum stuff in there. But you usually don't get like real choice nuggets. And this one I was surprised at in the beginning of the movie david carradine hung himself to defeat the evil in 2009 the actor died hanging himself for erotic asphyxiation this was just a, a bit of trivia on imdb <laughs> fun fact the best the, the best part about that is that 30 people found that helpful <laughs> did you look it up yeah, yeah. Only nine people like were like, "Oh, boo!" It's like, Holy shit! It's what America wants, baby. The people have yep. spoken. So each of these women is getting a hundred dollars to like each of these four women is getting a hundred dollars to clean this house yes. over the weekend. And it's already a pretty good looking house. That's look. I looked it up. That's like two hundred sixteen dollars in uh, today money. $239.50. Okay, $240. <laughs> awesome. Um, can you work out how much that ends up being for, per hour if they're working, say, 12 hours a day? I could, but I don't want I to. highly doubt they were working 12 hours a day. I don't even know if we see them working one hour a day. <laughs> oh, that was the first day. They just arrived. I mean, I'm assuming that's Friday night. It's like $19.91 an hour if they work for 12 hours. In 1991. 
All I like, I just wanted to point out that Bert, Dick Miller's character, uh, was a progressive kind of guy who was paying well. <laughs> okay. He turned down his attractive wife for sex to go get sex somewhere else. <laughs> and then she used a jackhammer dildo on herself. She apparently did. A, oh yeah. A, a and those really weird <laughs> Those really weird sound effects when she's stripping for the first time. Uh the sound effects in this movie are like the the sound cues are amazing throughout the movie. I I loved them all. It twerks uh, that it makes like a Noise. Thank you, Ryan. Yeah. At, at, <laughs> at one point, a door opens and just makes a weird sound effect for no reason. Um, yeah, there's so many weird sound effects, uh, uh, like cartoonish sound effects, uh, to fit in with the tune thing. Although the him and his wife thing, I was like, so is this? Is this like a heterofatalism uh, comment? Like married with children? Where you've got the slubby husband, the very attractive wife who and who who wants sex, the slubby husband who's like no because womp womp the marriage is no fun for people. And I'm like, and then I realized I was thinking way too hard about evil tunes. And I'm beginning to think I didn't think hard enough after hearing that. I'm like, oh man. I should have came to the table with much, much more. <laughs> There's not much to come to the table with, I feel. Um, so this did you not just hear him say hetero fatalism? <laughs> I mean, I, I sure heard, I I certainly heard it. I, I certainly <laughs> did. That's a conversation uh, we can have if you want. I mean, I know David has been hard at work on his doctorate covering evil tunes, but that's just a coincidence. Has nothing to do with our show. Uh, but yeah, like this movie was made to just show naked women. That's that's basically it. But it's like that's fine, you know. I mean, I'm not saying it's like good in like the politics of it. It isn't very good. But like, there's not even a movie around it. Like this is like, this is like Skinamax level movie, and not it's not even like good horror. Like there's not even good kills and stuff. It wasn't even like good sex. It was like good nothing. There was nothing really about it that was you know, it sort of failed on all fronts. I it felt like, um, yeah, they wasted the David Carradine's talent. Yeah, that's true. Although they did, they did follow the. The, um, you know, the, the trope, it doesn't get used a lot where they give the nerdy woman the glasses. I mean, she's clear, like the most attractive of probably the bunch. And they give her glasses, the glasses and it's like, oh, she's the ugly one. She's the nerd. Real shit bomb. <laughs> and she was super hot. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I noticed a lot of weird lampshading in this movie. <laughs> wow. I, I'm going to have to go back and watch it now just for the way of shading. Like, at one point, one of them, uh, um, <laughs> when they start going into the basement, <laughs> one of them's like, why do these things always have to start with the young, beautiful co-eds going in the basement? And then they go, is this the part where we find the Ouija board and all get possessed by demons? There's a comment about the rain. Like, they're constantly commenting on the genre without actually satirizing or making real comments on the genre. Look, this movie was ahead of its time. It was Cabin in the (laughs) Woods before, like, decades before they got there. By the end, uh, with the mention of a sequel, I mean, this movie was, like, so meta. I think a sequel could work. Well, yeah, get a Lega sequel, bring back all the memorable yeah. characters, and then, yeah. you know... CGI Dick Miller. <laughs> and David Carradine. 
you know, let's, oh, let's yeah. throw good taste out the window. Well, if we're throwing good taste out the window, just bring them back. <laughs> we can have Bernie's them. We have the technology. So, is there anything we thought was enjoyable at all? I vote no, but it's I'm open to hearing people out. Nothing you can't see on Pornhub. <laughs> I would argue that Pornhub is better, so... Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, content. like... <laughs> no, that, there was... A, no, there was really nothing. I wouldn't... Better acting. It's, it, it's not... Exactly. It's not... It, I was hoping for something that would be so bad it was wonderful, and I didn't even get... I couldn't even get that. It was just so bad. It's so obviously bad. I think yeah. if you get enough friends and enough drugs, it'll be good. Or if you turn it into a drinking game, you'd be dead. But, you know. I feel like they like could have... Choke yourself out till you lose a little bit of air. And you're like, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I agree, but whoa. <laughs> I feel like this movie could have uh, gone into the Lovecraftian element of it a little bit more. Well, they brought up se- there were several things that did get yeah direct references, so they were trying, just not succeeding. Like, uh, yeah, it would. They should have delved into that a little bit more. God damn it! I mean, after all, uh. Terry, no, 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 Megan, yeah, Megan was a Latin, and uh, yeah. I paid attention to the movie. Yeah. Megan was a Latin, um, and uh, like a cult student and a star student at Miskatonic University. They they make that they could have done more with that, but no, they chose instead to have Roxy. Do a ridiculous strip tease. Nah. Oh, and I loved Roxy. Like Roxy as the bad guy. Roxy with the with the uh, evil spiky teeth. Roxy with the high ponytail, which is why I'm wearing a high ponytail today. Oh. So a moment ago, I was laughing uncontrollably and trying to cover it because David was talking, and it was not actually directed at <laughs> David, which is quite unlikely because unusual because normally it is. But uh, no, it was. I was looking at everyone's names for the show because we've mentioned on the show before that uh, we name ourselves. Uh, you, you can type in like a fake thing, and it's usually a joke from the movie. And I only now noticed what everyone's names were, and that Brian's name is Hanging with Mr. Carradine. And uh, it's pretty amazing. Well done. done. (laughs) More tunes. Needed more tunes. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, like, if if nothing else, like, the movie is bad overall but if nothing else like it doesn't even fulfill the promise of what it's setting up like someone who's like oh i'm gonna watch this like trashy movie and you see that box art you are go at you as i once did are going to assume it's like oh it's gonna be like gremlins ghoulies or any of these kind of like little evil because they're they're presented as small too and i guess you could have gigantic tunes and that wouldn't necessarily be to that level but but it would be, an, like you would expect, oh, mischief, mayhem, and there's horror, and it's rated R, so there's definitely going to be deaths and that kind of stuff. But they don't even fulfill that. So, like, and, and what's what's crazy is, like, the, the thing about, like, studios not wanting to pick it up and that Roger Corman not wanting to do it. It's like, if you didn't make this movie, like, distasteful, like, if you didn't have the tune Rape the Woman, and if you didn't have it just, like, be, you know, Bikini Car Wash Girls... And you actually just tried to do sort of a trashy, uh, you know, like a trashy B-movie where, like, you know, like Ghoulies or those kind of things. But they are little cartoon monsters. Like, you could have made this work at least functionally. I'm not saying the movie would have been good, but I think people who would have, like, rented it would have been like, oh, yeah, that, that delivers on what they are setting up. Like, you could have done that. They could have gotten a budget, like a real budget and gotten cartoons throughout the movie it's just weird like it's like he like you're saying david of like the danzig thing of like where it's like the director's like well fuck you i'm just gonna do it but 
It's bad. Danzig actually delivers on what he's trying to do. It just poorly. Um, this, even the cover art shows the tune twice and he's got, and his ears are up once and down once. Yeah. Which means at a glance, it looks like there's two separate tunes. And and they even, uh, in the pen and ink, again, the Necronomicon, the outside looks fine. It actually talks. That's pretty cool. Uh, it cries oh, milk. Hang on. Okay. It's not pretty cool. The dialogue of the Necronomicon include uh, nice ass. Well, no, that that's the tune. Said nice ass and nice tits. Uh, Remember, in times of trouble, let your conscience be your guide. And I never knew you were one to jump to conclusions. Yeah. These are some of the choice lines of dialogue from our Necronomicon stand-in. And he says uh, jump to conclusions after he hangs himself. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Um, was it the Necronomicon or the tune that makes the sequel uh, crack? It's the mon- it was the monster, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 But uh, the ne- uh, it was cool that they had a book that could talk and cry milk. Um, I really liked the milk crying. But it was... Um, the insides were just pen and ink drawings that were obviously done in an hour. And even in that, they show two separate tunes. They establish that, that like, the thing is red, and then someone gets killed, not even by, not even the person who read the incantation. I did find that funny, actually, that she reads the incantation and then moves on, and the next paragraph is, Don't read it. For the love of all that's holy, never read the stuff above. <laughs> Like that that's that's a that's a funny joke. But uh like they they see two different tunes. And at by the end, the evil tune is saying, Now after I've killed five people, I'm going to work on killing one person each for all of my tune friends to come out. Why didn't you do that for the other five people you killed? We could have easily had five tunes. I mean, budgetarily, I don't think they could have easily had five tunes. Unless you wanted each tune to have, like, 15 seconds of screen time. I'm just saying, like, you have Artie Johnson on this. The the man from Laughing. The Artie Johnson. <laughs> the, the, Man's a legend could, in my country. You could have had a tune. You could have had a tune yelling, uh, sock it to me. As it killed a diff- uh, another person. Um, it it would have been great. Okay, no, it wouldn't have been great. But <laughs> it would have been. It would have at least been something. Also, I still don't understand um, David Carradine's plot in this. He kills himself. The book disappears. The women end up at this house where there is a really cool looking trunk like it's one it's an old trunk i, I have it's like a really five nice trunks. trunk yeah i like trunks i have five of them but like it's a really cool trunk they open it up they find a demonic tapestry that's just a regular tapestry but you know its tag says that it'll um send souls to hell and a knife and that's when david carradine and david carradine shows up hands them the book that apparently he's held on to in the afterlife. And then he just peeps on them as, as they, as they eighties, nineties movie co-ed and get murdered. I, I, what was he doing? Why? Well, that, that all leads to the end of the film, uh, which after we all suffered through this like very bad, very poorly written, poorly directed movie that doesn't deliver on what it's promising, that's essentially a Skinamax TNA flick. Uh, after we go through all that, it then gets to the end, and and so some of the coeds have died. It's down to what Glasses Girl. She's the only like living yep. one. It gets to the Meg. end. 
I, they're they are not important enough to remember their names to be. These are not. <laughs> this is not Chinatown here. We're not, you know. Um, and so I guess the end of David Carradine shows up and he has a conversation with her and he says, "You see, the beast never truly existed, and neither do I." And it was like that bit in The Simpsons of like, uh, well, my work here, work is done here. Uh, what do you mean? You didn't do anything, didn't I? Like, what? what is David Carradine doing? And then the end of the movie is just saying like, oh, none of this mattered, by the way. Uh, the tune didn't kill anybody because the tune didn't exist and I didn't exist. And I'm sitting there like, what? from carbon monoxide poisoning. Fuck you. And then everybody's just alive again without any real explanation. But things did happen because they come back to life. They come back to life uh, in the house, like where they died. Well, yeah, but that could just mean that they all fell asleep. But there's no reason, without the murders happening, there's no reason for Mr. Hinchlow or for Bert to have shown up there. Or, Or, what's his face, Biff. If you're trying to figure out the logic of this, you're on your own, buddy. I... <laughs> no, <clears throat> no, I, I, it's just all the deaths and the murders got undone when the Necronomicon got burned. It's like the end of uh, the Inferno in, in uh, X Men comics in the late '80s. Everyone who dies and gets killed by like the spoiler alert <laughs> comes back to life at the end of it. Okay, but that's okay. I mean. Sure, that's still like a dumb ending for something like this, but oh, it is. But they don't say that, they don't say, like, by burning the book, you've released their souls, you've brought them back from the netherworld. He says, The beast never truly existed, and neither do I, and then they're alive again. So it sure makes it seem like we just watched basically, uh, what's the, what's the comic book, uh, term? Uh, an imaginary story is what they used to call yes. the stories within a story of comic books. The implication that they all just assumed they had an orgy with Bert. Because Roxy, uh, Roxy and Terry come up from the basement with Biff and Bert. And they're just like, oh man, I have such a hangover. What did we do? And Bert's like, what did I do? Oh, no. <laughs> All right. So does anyone have anything further to add on evil tunes? I met David Carradine at a comic con once. You did? Oh, how was that? It was fun. I said, will you sign my Kill Bill soundtrack, Mr. Carradine? And I'll never forget what he said. He looked me in the eyes and he said, of course, it'll cost you <laughs> 20 bucks. <laughs> And I paid him. Do you still have it? And I do. It's a good soundtrack. So in the trivia thing, it mentioned that this was filmed with like on a set for a different on sets yeah. for different movies and using the extra film not used by different movies. Checks out. It does. I just remember while watching, um they're in the basement at one point, and it's like, okay, you're in a basement. You're in an actual basement. Cool. But later, when they're running from the uh, monster, uh, from the evil tune possessed Roxy in the basement, there's a weird room with just smoke and blue light in the background. Mm. And I was like, is there a portal to hell in the basement? What's going? Oh, oh, no, that was just a set for a different movie. <laughs> They turned on the smoke machine. That's where the kids go to get high and have sex. I got stone walls and shit. All right. Would you recommend Evil Tunes? Uh, Well, Ryan, you've seen it twice, so clearly you've come back for more. You made me. You made me watch it again. Um... You could have turned him down. You could have been like, there's no way I'm watching this piece of shit a second time. I, but you I'm didn't. A, I'm addicted to the fame. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would not recommend it. No, 
Nope. No. Not even if you're really horny. <laughs> what if you're really, really horny? Oh, uh, there are like, like lingerie catalogs. <laughs> you do have to watch it in in the context of this was the era of the lingerie catalog for teenagers. Like, this was all that was available. Yes, this is definitely... Like, you know, Frederick's a Hollywood of the mail. This is definitely something that would show on Showtime and uh, people would be watching through scrambled cable. This is uh, this, this would is have been awesome when I was twelve. Well, you did watch it when you were twelve. No, oh, yeah, <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> David, I would not recommend this movie. Other movies do what this tries to do better. Um, and really, if you want sexploitation uh, horror movies, you've got to go for the uh, late seventies, early eighties stuff. Those at least had story and acting. Mm-hmm. Jason? Agreed. Uh, I'd recommend it to people I didn't like. <laughs> like I did. Yeah. Hey! hey! <laughs> I got you good! Uh, no, for real, I had never seen this, and I didn't know how bad it would be, and I wouldn't have wasted our time if I did know. <laughs> I was going to warn you, but... Yeah. My my wife my wife did walk in and while I was watching it, oh, no. and uh, she just looked at me and she goes, "Why?" <laughs> and then she just walked out. <laughs> I was like, yep. For a moment, uh, for a moment there, I kind of felt bad that it seemed I was the only one who liked uh, Hudson Hawk. Oh, I love Hudson Hawk. And Huge then, fan. oh, great movie, but no yeah. one on the panel liked it. Except for me. Hey, I hey, love that movie. Hey, Hudson Hawk is heads and shoulders above this film to be. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We we can talk about the benefits of Hudson Hawk all day long <laughs> compared to this one. I'm just saying, after after watching this movie, I went, you know, I uh, don't feel bad about recommending that anymore. <laughs> In fact, now that just opens the door for me recommending even more horrible movies. <laughs> Oh, we'll watch some horrible movies. That's the thing, though, on this, like coming to what I recommend it is I try to avoid things on the podcast where it's just hard to talk about. Like, like if we've watched like really good movies and they can be sometimes hard to talk about when they're just like, oh, this like our base. We're all like, oh, this movie's super good. But if we're really passionate about them, we obviously often will have like tons and tons to say. Um, we'll watch movies with a lot of production value, like world building aspects, makeup, special effects, all kinds of stuff. You can dig into all those things, puppetry, all kinds of places to go. Whether the movie's good or bad, it gives you things to talk about. Uh, really terrible movies that are funny. Um, just ridiculously bad and funny. Love on a Leash, uh, we watched, um, uh, Birdemic, Elves, (laughs) movies where the decisions are just, like, mind-boggling and, like, you are laughing at it. It's a great drunk movie. But, yeah, then there's, like, movies that fall, like, definitely in between. They, They are, like, either boring or they're bad but not funny. And this one is both. It is bad, not funny, and also boring. So that is why yeah. this is probably going to be our shortest episode ever. Uh, I I think I don't think we've ever done an episode this short. By the time we wrap up, it, it's going to be probably right on the mark. Um, but yeah, like it, this is not one I would recommend just because there's nothing to it. There's like not you know, I mean I think as we've alluded, and it lied. It's straight up lied. <laughs> straight and i'm mad about it well it lied and even if you're wanting it for like ooh titillation like it's something of a different era where like yeah okay if this was on vhs and you were a kid and you could like get a copy of it i can understand the idea of that but like anyone who would be of that mindset today has the has access to the entirety of the internet and all the pornography that it holds so like this is like from an era when like porn was rare so like even on that it doesn't succeed anymore like you can't you can't make this kind of movie now like you can make a movie that has like sex in it or nudity in it but you can't make a movie that hinges on that um because it's just why would anyone give a fuck um but yeah so there's nothing to this uh it's just really empty 
and devoid of, of anything really enjoyable. So I would not recommend. Um, and I feel like a film student could easily write a 10-page paper about this, though. Well, I think you're about five pages deep already, though. <laughs> Clearly, we should have watched Reptosaurus or Abner the Invisible Dog. Uh, maybe next time <laughs> we will do a double feature and... Uh, <laughs> and see how compare and contrast um all right so that wraps us up for uh evil tunes <laughs> the quite terrible evil tunes um i will be bringing these boys back uh on different episodes in the fall for halloween um should be more enjoyable one of them is going to be a also a really terrible movie but it's one that ryan wants to watch and has wanted to watch for a long time so he'll be doing yeah, that to himself it. Um, although that one's more enjoyable than Evil Tunes, because that one's just bonkers and weird. Um, but all these boys will be coming yeah. back for uh, Halloween ones uh, and uh, on much better films, hopefully, for uh, for most of them. All right, so uh, yeah, that's it for Evil Tunes. Can I find this? Uh, this is unfortunately everywhere you want to see it. Uh, they just cannot uh, help but give Evil Tunes away. Roku, Redbox, Freevee, Amazon, YouTube, Google Play, Apple TV, Microsoft, and Vudu. And then it is on DVD, and it fucking is on Blu-ray. There are some great classic films that have not been put on Blu-ray, but somebody thought, you know what we need on Blu-ray? Evil Tunes. There's a market for it. Let's get on it. Uh, it's hard to keep an evil tune down. Yes. So, uh, so yes. Yeah, so, if you want to check out Evil Tunes, it's out there. Um, and you can uh, waste an hour and 28 minutes of your life <laughs> watching this film. And have your wife walk in and feel just a, just slightly more disappointed in you as a man. Uh, or as a woman. We're, you know, we're cool with that. Um, so, uh, that's, uh, that's all we got on that. And then next up, we are doing our, uh, famous movie for the summer. We remember we do these three times a year. We do one at Christmas time. We do one in the spring and we do one in the summer. Um, so it will be our summer blowout sale. Everything must go. And last year we did uh, Midsummer or Midsummer, however you want to pronounce that. Uh, and this year we are looking at the great film Raising Arizona. Uh, that is what we are going to dig into for our uh, summer viewing. And uh, I love it and I'm very excited to talk about it. And it will be a very nice change of pace from Evil Tunes. So uh, join us next time for Raising Arizona. See you then.